Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are locked on bucks. Your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. Frank, how are you doing? You know, basketball, even bad basketball, uh, is a welcome distraction right now i'm i don't want to i don't want to bore people uh with my with my life problems but my my dog underwent surgery yesterday and she's not doing well so if i seem kind of glum it's not just the bucks today it is also my my <laughs> like dog. it normally would be like it yeah would be. normally it would just be the bucks keeping me down but um anybody who has a pet i'm sure can appreciate that uh an, an ill uh, dog that might not make it is uh, is not fun, but I will. Uh, I'm gonna put that out of my mind for for the next bit, hopefully, and uh, talk about the ever changing and confusing Milwaukee Bucks. So I guess my goal here today is I'm gonna try to take you through the full range of emotions other than sadness. I'm gonna hopefully start you off with a little bit of anger. Um, then uh, maybe a little bit of surprise, and then we'll end with some happiness. So uh, let's get started with anger. Friday night, the Bucks give up 47 points in the first quarter to the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, how many things were destroyed in your living area during that time, Frank? Uh, actually, none because Giannis had like 13 points in 11 minutes, and <laughs> I'm I'm kind of giving up on the Bucks being able to play defense this year. And Fair enough. If they're going to play like that, then I'm just going to root for Giannis and Thon to do stuff and Middleton not get hurt. And, you know, if uh, if the tank comes for the Bucks, then, you know, so it goes. But um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I was kind of more just like laughing and shaking my head more um, because also, I mean, some of the shots also were obviously really difficult, but it just seemed like, man, when it rains, it pours. And um, obviously, you know, the Bucks have talked a lot. And on Friday, it felt like again a lot of talk and and no real action especially in that first quarter in the first half uh, it's it's apropos that you said when it rains it pours because after the game those were john henson's exact words when it when it rains it pours because we were talking to him about kind of everything about jabari and just yeah when it rains it pours that that's kind of how how it was last week uh for the bucks and yeah that that first quarter was brutal just awful i think what was it 82 percent from the field for the lakers uh, <laughs> something like that which is a total insanity and like you said there there were some very swaggy p shots hit um there was some swaggy p shot selection no doubt uh, and they hit some tough ones but still the 82 percent it's just bad embarrassing i, I don't even know uh, there's not enough words to describe how terrible uh giving up 47 points to one of the worst teams in the league in a single quarter is uh it's tough to and i guess now there's always like the easy out of well you know they're not they're not playing with jabari it's the jabari hangover from you know 
emotionally they're still trying to kind of handle this and kind of figure out like what it all means to them and and i get that and okay that's that's fine but one of my concerns is that all of these things will get swept under the rug because of that injury when well they'd given up 40 points in a quarter before that that's something they've done and that's something they did before there was injuries that they were doing that when they were just broken as a team uh so uh i I guess that is one of my concerns is that this will just get swept away like oh you know it was gonna happen jabari had just gotten hurt and emotionally they're not there well you know what they they haven't been there for a while yeah and i mean aside from the obvious fact that jabari parker's might be the worst defensive player on the team and so how is losing him going to hurt you that much defensively uh that just just doesn't pass the smell test i mean the bucks have been awesome without jabari on the court all year i mean his if you look at the on off numbers his stick out like a sore thumb in terms of um how good they've been without him i mean they've been plus 7.5 points per 100 with him on the bench nobody else is has a higher number than uh delhi has a as a 6.5 differential with him on the bench so Delhi's sort of the i guess the worst there um and when you factor in the fact they're also minus 5.1 with him on the court versus jabari minus 2.5 um but you know again uh, there's really you know again and at this point there's there's no excuse to come out like that and and i think you know we'll get tier to what we saw in the second half and some fight back but you know, again, you lost to the Lakers at home two days after you got killed by the Heat at home, right? So, you now have a third, what a thirteen and fourteen record at home. Um, you're you're not a playoff team. You're not playing like a team that that looks like it has any anything left at that point, right? And uh, and and obviously, uh, you know, um, I think I think Greg, I think it was Greg Foster. I think coming out of halftime um, had some very pointed words in that and the, the interview you just say, like, we have to try essentially yeah, like, yeah. if if we try on de- I, I some i heard someone tell me about it i think on twitter as well but it, yeah. it sounded entertaining or at least kind of in the same mind frame that bucks fans would have been in yeah and i think he said even like we can you know we can win this game even down whatever they were at halftime um and and they had a chance actually yeah they did um it, it was it was kind of cool to see that comeback. And we're going to get to cool stuff in a second, but uh, i got to drag us down quick. So after that game, um, I think that's the most dejected, down, uh, I don't want to say upset, just sad Giannis has looked. And uh, to me, obviously, you get to see it in person, and I, I kind of get to see Giannis after games all the time. And after losses, obviously, he's not the the same happy kind of energetic guy that everyone knows and kind of loves about Giannis. He has that, that exuberance to him. He, he's always kind of excited and up and, and ready and smiling. And after losses, it's not like that, but really after that Lakers game, it it, it was brutal. And, and if you didn't watch the, my one-on-one with Giannis uh, after the game, uh, you can head over to uh, bucks.com. I think they have that there or uh, just find it on Twitter. And you can just see that, that I don't even know, like sadness um, dejected it, to me was the best way to describe it was you could just see in his eyes that man, like this, this was not fun and I'm totally lost. Like, I don't know how to get this team 
out of this situation. And to me, I, I think over the weekend I talked about it a little bit on Twitter is that I understand tanking and uh, what what is it? draft lottery optimization, pick optimization, whatever you may have called it. Like I understand that and how helpful that is and how logical it is. Um, but I, I do think there's always that human side to things. And with Giannis, I, I mean, this guy's a top 10 NBA player. He's going to start in the all-star game. And uh, I guess trading away parts, selling parts off, just going to make it even worse. And, Man, like I, I can't imagine it's super healthy for for this guy to be that good of a player and then have to deal with such badness around him, such awfulness around him. Um, and, and I guess I'm curious what what are your thoughts on that? Like I know I know we're to a point where the Bucks can't really control it. Like Jabari went out, they're probably going to be bad the rest of the year. Um, but is selling off parts for picks? It, is that okay with you or is it a situation where they can just keep everything as it is, like don't sell off Monroe and just kind of get through the rest of this season? You're probably going to end up in the lottery anyways. Like this team isn't going to be good enough to win games. But is selling things off, is trading guys away for future picks, like is that taking it a step too far as as maybe a punishment to Giannis? I think that's the that's the only real – credible argument to me right because yeah agreed. um again if Giannis was like a rookie you'd say well whatever he's a rookie you know he'll he'll deal with it he doesn't have the expectation but um but he's been through years of this now um and you know he's been to the playoffs once and then had obviously a very disappointing team team result last year and um this year obviously there was all the expectation coming from a good start and then uh to have things really fall apart over the last i don't know a couple months now at this point or more like month um you know that you you worry how it wears on a guy like Giannis, and um and again he's the franchise right now more so than ever he is the franchise um not that jabari was was giving him you know a run for that but Everything comes down to Giannis right now, more yeah. or less. Um, and obviously, you don't want him feeling like you know the team is giving up on him or or doing things that that you know shows they don't want to be you know competitive in the in the long term, things like that. So, um, but you know, I mean, for me again, like, uh, what are you going to get for Delanova and, and Toledovich? Like, you know, yeah. I don't uh, like that's not really. I mean, especially Toledovich. Obviously, you can say, well, he's he's. He's not going to help you in the you know long term, but I don't know what I don't know what a team necessarily gives up for him at this point either. So, um, so I think it's really just about Monroe. You know, would you would you trade Monroe um, for for something? Um, and again, it's not going to help you in basketball games this year. That's why I wasn't in favor of it previously. When you know, again, I I thought obviously the Bucks had a really good chance at the playoffs, and now obviously that's that's no longer the case. Um, and again, I mean, you never know. The East is weird. The East is bad. Um, Charlotte, Chicago, Detroit. I mean, none of these teams, along with the Bucks, seem particularly interested in really grabbing those last two playoff spots. But um, the Bucks have looked even less interested in grabbing those playoff spots than anybody else. And um, you know, you can you can understand that Giannis on a night when he scores a career high forty one points, which I think makes means you that you are the winner. You picked Giannis, I think, right to to be the first to break forty. Um, I did, but between, I, like I between, can't. Like Giannis, I can't take that much joy in it because it came in a game where they gave up 47 freaking points to the Los Angeles Lakers in a single quarter. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I still really enjoyed Giannis's performance just because I think 
you saw him competing and wanting it so badly. Um, and I think, you know, again, Giannis has had some some ups and downs by his high standards of over the last maybe month or so. And I think we've seen these last couple of games um, him start to really kind of, especially with Jabari out now, kind of take that responsibility in a way that I think speaks highly of him. And I think it'll be fun to watch him over the rest of the season, regardless of, of you know, how well or poorly the Bucks are playing. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the main thing I, I worry about with the whole optimized, <laughs> optimized draft pick, Operation Optimized Lottery Pick 2017. There it is. Um, because, again, yeah, I mean, these are people, and for the most part, I don't worry about, you know, Michael Beasley or Mirza Toledovich and how they are reacting to, you know, the season not going so well. But but with Giannis, obviously, it's different because he's he's different. So, so yeah, totally valid. Um, and and that's why also, you know, it was good to see them come back, show some backbone, um, fun, be a part of them making a bit of a comeback against the Lakers. Uh, beyond obviously Giannis just playing, making some huge plays, and uh, and that's why it was it was really fun and you know felt kind of cathartic to see this team kind of come together and. Uh, spring an upset on Saturday. And I think, just to go back to Giannis for a second, I think we're starting to see if there's if there's one thing he took from Kobe. Maybe he didn't shoot 8 million jump shots a day or whatever insane thing Kobe claims to do every day uh, during the offseason. Maybe he didn't do that, but I very much think Giannis is wired in that same way. Like He, he is all about winning, and he is all about basketball. Like that dude, his singular focus on earth is the game of basketball. And when you see him as dejected as he is after losses, and as you see him as dejected as he is when the team's in a big slump and they're struggling to win games, I think you start to recognize just what this all means to him. And I don't think that's necessarily the way it is with all stars. And no pun intended all all stars as well like I, I don't think that is the way it is with all these guys many of them are wired that way but sometimes you'll have a star that this dude isn't only concerned about it and doesn't like this doesn't keep him up at night like there are guys that are more than content to put up their 20 points get their money and just chill like that that is that is a thing that exists and Giannis is very much not wired that way and for him to not be wired that way at 22 when when he's like it's his team but like he just he just made it his team this year like this hasn't always been his team it was Middleton's team for much of the season last year and to see that this year I I think is is I mean super uh, super encouraging just to just to see him take over uh to that same extent um all right let's one, ha- one thing one thing i wanted to add though about the laker game um chris milton i think did he have six assists i think something on that order yep, six um, assists you know and he didn't look great he had his first three um had kind of a shaky transition layup off his right foot where he yeah. didn't look super interested in going off his his injured left foot or run. left leg um but his playmaking, um, you know, the Bucks got Giannis off early with a bunch of really nice passes, him going to the rim. Um, and Middleton had a, had a handful of those. And uh, I think we saw, even with Chris not at 100%, um, his playmaking is something that does add a different dimension that the Bucks have been missing, right? Because certainly nobody that they've played at shooting guard like a, you know, a Tony Snell or a Jason Terry or, you know, even when they've played, 
some of the some of the, the point guards a little bit at the shooting guard spot. I don't know if anybody is as uh, as good as Chris Middleton uh, in terms of just you know he had a great pocket pass down the middle for Giannis mm-hmm. Dunk. You know he mm-hmm. he has an ability there that uh, I think is is you know refreshing and maybe we've kind of forgot about it a little bit. Um, but it's a good reminder because especially with Jabari now being a question mark for the long term, um, you know, having Chris be not just a shooter, um, but also a guy that can make plays with Giannis and, and take some of that playmaking load off of Giannis. I think that's important. I think it does give the Bucks more flexibility from a roster standpoint um, that that maybe we forgot about a little bit because we were so focused on Giannis and Jabari and, and their playmaking. So anyway, that's that's See- just one more thought. Seeing a Middleton end of shot clock possession rather than a Delhi or a Brogdon end of shot clock possession just made me smile. Like, ugh. It, it, like it, just the difference. Like, again, we can all talk about Chris's limits as a playmaker, and maybe he's not the quickest guy, and especially now that he's not super healthy. But just the fact that he's six foot eight, he can get, he can create a shot whether that's for himself or for others. Like, it's just so much easier for him than it is for, like you said, those other shooting guards, those other point guards. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch him get healthy in the coming days and kind of figure out um, how to get back in the swing of things. And, uh, I mean, it might take until, I don't know, March until he's fully off of a minute's limit. Maybe it's even longer. I don't know, but um, it will be fun to watch him kind of round back into form. Um, speaking of rounding back into form, I, I think one of one of the other things that excited me about the first quarter, so again, very Bucks fan mindset, like, hey, they're losing by a million points. What positives can I take out of this? Giannis brought the ball up the entire first quarter. And then he brought the ball up pretty much the entire game. And then when they went to Indiana, it was the exact same thing. And again, I know you can try to figure out, was he, was he bringing up 90% of the possessions, 80% of the possessions? All I know was that it was a good majority of the possessions, and that hasn't been true for much of this season. And the the vibe I certainly got from Kidd at the start of the season was, hey, we're probably asking Giannis to do a little bit too much him bringing the ball up him being i mean one of the i don't know 10 to 15 most impactful defensive players certainly at the start of the season i know the defense has struggled since but he's asked to do a lot defensively he's asked to do so much playmaking like hey you know what we could take off his plate bringing the ball up the floor and uh, they, they did that for pretty much i don't know after the first two or three games he wasn't doing that and he was just kind of being the point forward like like we've talked about that he's doing a lot of the playmaking in the half court but he's not necessarily bringing the ball up the floor that was not the case on friday and on saturday that was again not the case he was point Giannis, not a point forward he was a point guard um and and after the game i, I kind of talked to Giannis about it i talked to kid about it and I asked Giannis if that was something him and Kid had talked about specifically, and it was kind of a strange answer because he was like, no, we didn't. Tonight I just wanted to make sure I got the ball in my hands as much as possible. And, you know, sometimes Malcolm or, or Deli will bring it up and I'll be over on the – and I'll just go to the wing and then to the corner. But tonight it, I want to make a priority of getting the ball. And in my head I was like, well, I, I assume every night you – 
you make that a priority. Like, uh, what is di- like something had to be different tonight? Um, and I certainly do think like that seems like it's a priority to me. Would would I be crazy in that assessment of watching them play that Point Giannis is back and Point Giannis is a thing again? Well, I don't know if it's really. I think when people think of Point Giannis, I mean. I mean, where was Giannis getting most of his touches, like, in the Pacer game? I mean, he's still mostly getting it by getting entry passes at the, like, high elbow extended. I mean, it's not like mm-hmm. he's just running high pick and roll. So I, I still feel like it's a misnomer to act like he's playing like a point guard because, to me, he's still playing more like, you know, a superstar wing-type player. And I, I don't know. I view him bringing the ball up as pretty academic because so often the Bucks' point guards are just passing it to the big guy at the elbow and then running to the corner and setting a screen and then, you know, diving to the rim, you know, running, cutting baseline, whatever it is. So I don't, do you I don't not know. think I there's mean, something to it though? Cause I feel like so often when Delhi and Brogdon try to make those passes, they screw it up. Like either, either it takes them eight seconds to get into it or they can't get into it at all and drive baseline and then come out on the other side or whatever it may be. Like, I feel like having Giannis bring the ball up, like that's not a problem. Like those entry passes are made and they're into their offense quicker. Is that, is that a crazy assessment? Uh, I mean, it could be, but I guess my, my main point is, is it, you're still not like it's, it, you're still giving the ball to somebody else before Giannis gets sure. it back a lot of times. Um, and I mean, the weird thing is like, I, I kind of wonder why maybe the, why the bucks don't just have Giannis bring it up and dribble into that, <laughs> like dribble into that, you know, like just yeah. dribble into like an elbow touch rather than have sort of a, you know, often contrived effort to do that because he has to then like fight the guy to to, <laughs> to position himself to get the catch. I was gonna say my favorite um, possession against the Lakers was two possessions before they figured out that it was just gonna be Brandon Ingram on Giannis. <laughs> they inbounded the ball to him and then literally all four bucks just went just, yeah, to the right side right. of the floor and then Giannis just dribbled up, went straight to the left side and just back down Brandon Ingram. And in my head I was thinking like, this is so simple. Like how many games have we watched where the Bucks have known that Giannis was going to have a mismatch and then had Delhi dribble up and then have Giannis try to like seal someone and then try to go to the high post and then do a high low. And it was just like, this is so much easier. Screw it. Giannis, just bring the ball up the floor and punish that dude. And that was essentially what happened. Like that just made me so happy because it was so simple and so easy. Yeah. And that's the kind of quote unquote point Giannis stuff I would I'm I'd be more in favor yeah. of because it's more direct right it's just get him the ball and and have him go to work and look even he you know his his uh, you know numbers in isolation this year have not been great um but if you can get him in mismatches and that's obviously often why they try to run these pick and roll actions with him um in order to get him mismatched against smaller guys uh, but but anyway I mean I thought you know and I thought the Pacers really played other than the elbow gets, I thought they had some success there um, against the Pacers when they were basically sort of running uh, pick and roll out of the horns action. So catching at the elbow and then big guy sets a screen. Um, and Thon had that one where he, he popped back and, and Giannis gave it to him for, for a nice three. Um, but, you know, other than that, um, I, I think when Giannis was was handling and trying to pick and roll, I mean, they hedged him hard and they really slowed him down and pretty much, you know, I don't know. I didn't find them to be that effective with him handling it and pick and roll sort of out on the perimeter. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like people people ask me a lot about point Giannis and 
sometimes I don't know if people really understand what they're even asking for. Um, <laughs> and I, I, so I, I think bottom line is, you know, I think mainly it's just people want Giannis to have more assists. And if Giannis has 10 assists, then people are happy and they don't really care how it happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I mean, I think like the big the big distinction is, is I think a lot of people think point Giannis and then think, oh, the Bucks could run this heavy pick and roll James Harden ask Russell Westbrook kind of offense with Giannis at the point and well I just don't think that makes a ton of sense right like I, I think that's what people are envisioning when they say point Giannis no I I assume so and I don't think and I mean as I've said it before I just think that's a stupid idea because again you're taking him so far from the hoop and um you know I I think we've seen that he's not I mean the numbers don't lie like he's he's not going to create a lot of baskets for himself out of pick and roll and um so i think you have to I, you know and again it also gets to something we discussed in the preseason um with ian levy you know why you know with a young player you i think you do want to use him in different ways and and allow him to work on his skills in different ways so um it that means moving him around and using him in different ways i i want to see Giannis get some post touches i want to see Giannis work from the elbow i want to see Giannis get some high pick and roll so Anything that sort of puts him in a box and you know puts him one way or the other, then I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's sort of oversimplification. That doesn't mean that the Bucks are you know have used him brilliantly or something like that. Because um, I think Giannis is pretty easy to use. Like you could, he can do stuff <laughs> from everywhere. Um, but uh, you know, and I thought the nice thing about the Lakers game was that they found ways to get him um, the ball. He was sealing guys, catching around the basket, you know, off of like cuts and things like that and getting him some easy buckets to get going instead of making everything, you know, really hard. And I thought the Pacers actually did a nice job of making things hard on him. You know, they took nine shots. Um, but obviously, once again, it was really encouraging to see him draw a ton of fouls. Um, Ooh, and they, ma- they made him work. Throws, baby. Yeah, they made him work for it. But, um, you know, again, he, he did a lot of things in that game. And, um, you know, his drive and kick uh, game was was working well. And, and obviously the Bucks hitting 17 out of 31 threes uh, had, you know, their best night of the season, I guess, in terms of shooting, which which, of course, made uh, made his stat line, his assist line at least nicer. I'm fascinated to see this continue, but there, there's a couple trends that I'm certainly enjoying uh, post Jabari, if we're going to call that call this that. Um, but post Jabari now, 21 free throws for Giannis against the Lakers, 14 against the Pacers, 28 threes for the Bucks uh, against the Lakers, and 31. Uh, against the Pacers and there was there's been pockets of time throughout this season where we've seen them shoot a lot of threes and there's been pockets of time this season where we've seen Giannis take a lot of free throws and that I feel like if you're trying to figure out the maybe the formula for this Bucks team post Jabari that that seems like what it should be is that you're you're gonna have Giannis and if it does take him bringing up the ball to get that aggressiveness out of him whatever it may be but try to you got to do everything you can to get him to the free throw line score efficiently um, and then that way he, he's able to feel involved and then hopefully you can get some assists there as well and that a number of those assists should hopefully be on some of these lineups where you're putting a bunch of shooters on the floor. And I think there's been times in these last couple games where we've seen, we've seen, I would say shooting maximized to an extent. And that's, that's not necessarily something we've seen 
from this Bucks team. Um, I, I think they're I'm trying to think there was some really interesting lineups and some good ones where it was kind of stretching the floor. Um, and that wasn't something we'd seen to that same extent. Whereas like Delhi, Brogdon, they kind of went small, like Snell and maybe Thon. Like there's been combinations where for sure three shooters have been on the floor with Giannis and even a couple where there's been four shooters on the floor with Giannis. And um, that seems obviously to us, that's something we've been clamoring for for forever. Put as many shooters on the floor with Giannis as possible. Um, But Thon being able to do things defensively kind of unlocks some of those possibilities. It's much easier to get three shooters on the floor if you can count Thon as one of those shooters. Yeah, for sure. I mean, hitting uh, three out of five uh, against the Pacers and, you know, that one that that gave made it, I think, 100 to 87 was just a massive one from the corner. Um, You know, when you can let your your big man space at, you know, space well and provide, you know, shot equity that we talk about from the corner, um, that is that that's different. That's not something that many teams can do. And the big thing with Don, obviously, is that he can also be an energetic defender. And, you know, he's still kind of rough edges. Um, we saw that uh, on Saturday and Friday as well. Um, but the main thing is that, you know, I think he does energize uh, the team when he's out there. Giannis talked about Giannis has said that multiple times. But he said that, you know, when you were there on, on Friday, that uh, Giannis gets energy from playing with Don. Mm-hmm. And anything that gives Giannis energy is is a good thing. So, um, so that was positive. And I think, you know, in general, it's positive. We talk about this Bucks team and, you know, again, maybe emphasizing its youth a little bit more than it has. And obviously, I think the main thing is is Thon. But it was pretty interesting to see, you know, Thon, Giannis, Rashad Vaughn closing out the game last night. Um, yeah. You know, no Monroe. Um, Delvidova was the oldest player on the court, if I re- recall correctly. Uh, so it was... Um, it was it was definitely not um, a, a typical ending to a game, um, but maybe uh, did Beasley who, who closed it? Who was the other forward on the court last night? What, I don't think it was Snell because mm. I thought I thought Snell was was weirdly on the bench a lot last night. But oh, you know what? I think that because they went with Delhi and Brogdon, so yep. I think it was Delhi Brogdon. Yeah. Um. Uh. So I I think it's uh, it's 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 interesting to see. I mean, and weirdly, Rashad Vaughn is recasting himself as like. A defensive stopper who can't make jump shots but um he had some really good defensive possessions and um you know again he's a guy that obviously the bucks probably want to figure out you know do they is he is he a guy they want to keep around for another year or, or do they maybe part ways with him over the summer um and uh and i think that's another interesting thing to watch here over the next couple months given that um you know they they may have granted chris milton's coming back um but it seems like he'll probably be playing more small forward and who knows, maybe Rashad Vaughn gets a little bit more of a shot and they try to figure out what he is. I think, I mean, that's going to be one of my questions for Kid tomorrow is, is there a point where Vaughn demands minutes? Like, it, it does his play at some point require you to play him? Because there's been a couple nights now this year where you've thrown him out for 20-plus minutes in a game and then... I mean, he's performed uh, well. I, I don't want to say he's been great. or uh, I mean, in the Nets game, maybe you could say when he had those 22 and kind of went off early in the season. But there's been nights where he's looked like a, a very adequate basketball player. And 
if you're trying to figure out what this team has, it, you would think you'd want to know something about your first round pick from the year before. Like there's got to be a point where he's there and you say, okay, I have to play this guy. Like Jason Terry's not going to give you anything going forward, especially with the timeline that's been pushed back now. Like, are there more nights now where Jason Terry's going to sit out and Rashad Vaughn is going to take his minutes? I think there probably should be. I mean, early in the season, I, I was fine with Jason Terry getting minutes because, again, I think Jason Terry's been pretty good. You know, I mean, he's been not yeah. bad. They've been good with him on the court. Um, and, and I, you know, I like Jet, and I just generally haven't seen much from Vaughn. But, um, but yeah, I think we're not at the point of the season, again, where you kind of just sort of let the chips fall where they may. And and I think part of that is you probably want to see what what Vaughn can give you, if anything. And uh, and so. So, yeah, I think that makes sense. I finally found one of the lineups I was trying to think of on Friday. They went Giannis, Snell, Middleton, Toledovich, Thon. Holy God, that is so much shooting around Giannis. Like that's it's fantastic. And uh, and I one thing I one thing I would add here, and I think it, it, it's really kind of, I think, hurt the Bucks as the season has gone on but both Delhi and Brogdon they need it seems like they need they need that extra like half foot of space to to be comfortable spotting up and you know Toledovich is sort of the extreme example of a guy who who needs very little room to to get his shot off um but to, you know Brogdon and and Delhi again I think you know as much as Brogdon has shot great percentage wise um he's key, he's not comfortable shooting off the dribble and he needs room because his shot just it it's kind of you know a little cumbersome. It's the release isn't super high, mm-hmm. um, and Delia just kind of takes too long, and he's just I don't know, just isn't good enough. I guess. I'm trying <laughs> but, to think. I think um, it would have been Brew Who podcast, and it would have been you, me, and Steve, and we were talking about how there's there's shooter. So if you're a good shooter, you shoot a high percentage, whatever it is. So we can say Malcolm Brogdon is a good three point shooter, but I do think there's also a volume requirement. Like you, yeah. you do need to get a certain number of attempts off. So if you're Malcolm Brogdon and you're shooting 40-some percent, but you only shoot, I don't know, what does he shoot, two and a half, maybe three per game, teams aren't going to think, oh, that's a shooter. Like They're probably thinking, oh, that's Malcolm Brogdon. Maybe he's more of a playmaker. Like let's, let's, let's close him out. We know he's not really going to want to shoot that and let's turn him into a playmaker. Same thing with Delhi. Um, and, and I, I think there's, to me, there's always been, there's a difference between shooting a high percentage and then actually being a shooter that on scouting reports teams respect and give that gravity to. And I, I think you can see it with Mirza, like people, they are going to trail him around the floor wherever he goes right next to him. Like that's just going to be how it is. And, Mirza doesn't move particularly fast, so sometimes that's an easy job. Um, but still, that takes that defender out. And with that lineup I just said, if you remember in that Lakers game, Giannis ended up getting a catch in the middle of the floor and just went literally right down the middle of the floor, totally unencumbered. And it was an easy dunk, and the Bucks didn't really do anything spectacular. But Thon was was moving out, and uh, Mirza was out, and Snell and Middleton were on the floor, and it was like, well, what are you going to do? Like, you need to cover all those guys, and Giannis just gets an easy one. So um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you, you, Like I said, you'd really hope that the team kind of maximizes the shooting, puts as many shooters on the floor with Giannis, and that's kind of the formula they use going forward. Yeah, to, to that point, you know, Toledovic, I mean, he's extreme, but he averages 9.9 threes attempted per 36. 
That's Brogdon, top five in the league, FYI, if yeah, you're curious. Brogdon is a third of that, 3.2. Yep. Delvadova, 3.8. Tony Snell, 5.4. Jabari was at 3.7. So Jabari was even a higher volume three-point shooter than either Brogdon or Delvadova, even as much as he was driving to the basket. So, and, and I'll give Snell credit. Um, I didn't think he was going to be one of those guys, but I, I don't know who got in his ear in the organization or uh, if it was just kid giving him confidence, if it was just him thinking, you know what? I've struggled. I just need to shoot it. And I think he's created some gravity this year because teams know that if you give him an inch, he's going to take it. And and I do think that's an actual thing. Absolutely. I mean, Tony Snell, his true shooting mark is now up to over 60%. He's at 40% from three. He's well over 50% on twos. Um, again, you worry that you know it's a contract year phenomenon and is this yeah. going to be with the player he's going forward. But certainly from everything we've seen in Milwaukee um, – you know, that trade has, has been a home run. And um, Tony Snell is a guy who, you know, while a lot of guys have maybe disappointed a bit um, that have come over last year or two, uh, Tony Snell is is a guy who has, I think, exceeded everyone's expectations. All right. We're way over, but I'm going to keep us going because, you know, we had two games to talk about and we didn't talk about either of them. So I don't really care. Um, Thon Maker, thoughts. What, what what do you got for me? Two games of Thon uh, starting, two games of Thon kind of being relevant what, what did you think yeah i mean i think the you know in the laker game it was really only in the second half where he maybe helped them get back into the game and that was encouraging to see um i think the you know big thing against the pacers just his three-point shooting was just you know you could see how big of a weapon that was uh and hitting some big shots that kept the bucks in the lead and ultimately helped them clinch the game and it was very cool to see him finish that game uh, even with Monroe available. So, um, so again, I mean, he just kind of continued strides from Thon. I mean, he'll make he'll take some bad fouls. He'll get, you know, make a bad read here and there in the perimeter, and a guy will just blow by him. Um, you know, he he's going to make mistakes. Uh, but I think what you see from him is just generally positive stuff. And um, an interesting matchup last night against uh, a guy in Miles Turner, who obviously does some similar things as far as um, you know blocking shots and. Uh, being able to step out and hit threes and, and I'm sure all of us would have you know Miles Turner was kind of one of my guys in that draft when he went 11th to the Pacers um, he's a guy that you know obviously would would have looked amazing had he somehow slipped to the box or had the Bucks been able to trade up um, but hey maybe you don't need that. maybe you don't need Miles Turner because you've got you've got Thon Maker and, and obviously uh, just encouraging to see him kind of continue to get some minutes and at this point there's no excuse for him not to get minutes I mean you know again I know the Bucks have a million centers but um, who cares? You know, buy out Hibbert, <laughs> buy out Haas if you want. Who cares, right? I mean, you know, make some decisions here, and uh, and whatever you do, keep getting Thon minutes. And with, with Thon, man, it's it's just been the fact that his three point shooting is a skill, at least through this point. And I know every time you look at the sample size and you see fifty plus percent from three, and you're like, okay, well. That's got to come down some, uh, and then there'll maybe be a game of like oh and two, like oh for two, or like he was one for four against Lakers, and you're like, yeah, you know what? Okay, maybe this is coming back down to earth. And then, well, against the Pacers, uh, there's a, a nice little three for five, and the fact that that skill is so real is is just kind of incredible. And like you mentioned, there there was that sequence at at the end of the first half where they went with. That four-five elbow pick and roll, popularized by the Suns, the the called the elbow get, and the elbow get has always been 
you you want your four going downhill and it's going to be a passing four and then you want your five going downhill like you want it to be a mare or even the bucks when they ran it for the most part you want it to be miles plumley and you, you just want attacking from that elbow position turn the corner go it's a it's either a dunk for Giannis or jabari or it's a lob to miles plumley and you're going to get two points out of it well when thon is picking and popping out of that good luck they, they, you have to make a decision, and if if Thon's a real shooter, you have to make a decision between, okay, I'm staying with Thon and not at all helping my guy try to cover Giannis one-on-one from the elbow, or I'm going to stick in here and stop Giannis and take my chances that Giannis can't make that pass over his shoulder to Thon, and in the second quarter, or near the end of the second quarter there, you saw it. Giannis can make that pass. He's seven feet tall. His limbs are insanely long. He's not going to struggle with that pass and hits Thon for an open three from the wing. And it's a tough set. And again, that being a real skill just opens so many things up for this offense. And and I guess it does show quite a bit. I know I asked pregame on Friday. Uh, they they were starting Thon more at the four, and I asked Jason, well. If he's at the four or the five, does he have different responsibilities? Is he doing different things? Like, is the is the way he's playing on a pick and roll? Is he going to pop or roll instead? And Jason was just like, no, you know, he can roll sometimes, and you know, he can shoot the three. And he gave me the answer I expected, but you can see it when he plays the four. He's he's gonna. They they for a while they kept trying to get him to pop that, and then when we played the five, it was rolling. But on, against the Pacers, you saw him as the five start to pop. And that's where the value is. That's that's the key with Thon is don't play him at the four and have him pop because that's a normal thing that fours do. Play him at the five, have him pop, and have bigs have no idea what they're going to do. Like you, that's that's the value. That right there is the entirety of the value that Thon can bring to you. Like right now at this moment is making that center not be able to help you on Giannis. Yeah, and it took them a half to realize that in Utah as well, right? Um, yeah. they, he started popping it at, from the center spot in the second half and hit, I think, three threes. Um, but but they didn't really do that in the first half. So I think that'll be be interesting to see um, how that how that kind of evolves. Um, by the way, important question: Which Giannis Space Jam dunk do you prefer, the one <laughs> at in, at the Garden? Or the one he pulled off on Saturday against Indiana. I mean, you should never have to choose between two dunks that Oof. that glorious. But which which one would you say? Well, I mean the the Indiana one had a little bit more style. The, there weren't really defenders around, so he could kind of milk it, maybe jump a little bit higher, stretch out a little bit further. Um, but that Knicks one was so far away. He needed every inch that he he couldn't he couldn't sacrifice an inch up or ahead for style and he had a street just stretch out and that's i think that's the most insane thing i've ever seen um so i'm gonna go with the next dunk because that was just insanity yeah i think the the piss the pacers one i think also just the camera angle because of him coming down yeah. straight line i think you just got a much better viewpoint of how absurd that dunk was <laughs> um and the fact that like it, it was i mean just like the ooze and ahs in indiana uh, when he actually pulled that off, I mean, one dribble from half court, uh, just just incredible. I mean, oh, just, just also highlight truthers in my mentions. Leave. That's all I got. Don't tell me it was a travel because one, no, I, wasn't. Don't th- I don't think it was a travel. It wasn't. And two, if it was a travel, get the hell out. I don't care. It was awesome. <laughs> it wasn't a travel. Anyway, 
that's all I got. I think uh, I'm curious. Let's let's hold one other thing. One other thing about the Indiana game. I mean, they did not have a good defensive rating in that game, but I thought a lot of it was because the Pacers just hit a ton of shots in the post and kind of from the mid from mid range against them. I felt like, and they were pretty disciplined and not doubling, which I like. And yeah. I think we've seen more of that of late. And I'm I'm curious uh, how it's going to play out on Monday against Andre Drummond if they especially if Thon plays center, um, do they help him at all if Drummond gets a post look or do they just sort of, again, say, you know, post looks are generally low expected value, so let them take those shots. So um, so anyway, I'm curious about that. that would, I don't want to get into details, but let's see. That would be a pretty big step forward, Frank, because they help on everyone. It would. Everyone. But I, don't, I think they've been doing that for a little bit now, to be honest, and, yeah. well, the defense yeah. has not been great, so... All right, uh, that's going to be good. We're we're going to get out of here. We gave you forty five minutes, which I think is fair because you know we didn't get to break down each game, so you get like twenty two and a half minutes for each of the games from the weekend. Maybe it was biased a little bit towards the Pacers one. Um, I certainly would be okay with that because the Lakers one was depressing. Um, but we'll be back here tomorrow night. The Bucks have another game, so uh, another quick turnaround for us. Uh, they'll be playing the Pistons. We didn't preview that at all, really. But I don't. You've seen the Bucks play the Pistons before. Um, and yeah, we'll talk about it after. So, uh, that's going to be it for Lockdown Bucks. Um, that was Frank Men. I'm Eric Name. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hi, you've reached the high fashion hotline. Hi, my family's going to a tailgate and I want our style to stand out from the crowd. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got all the latest fall styles. Plus, during Old Navy's colossal sale, you'll save up to 50% off store-wide. Did you say up to 50% off? I did, so don't sit on the sidelines. Old Navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks, stylish dresses from 15 bucks, and comfy tees for the family from just 6 bucks. Right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're cheering for Old Navy. High fashion, Old Navy. Valid 10-2 to 10-10. Select styles only.